Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your source for geek news for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Hector. Hello. This week on the show, it's all about what we loved in geeky pop culture from 2022. From the news to games and movies, we're here to celebrate the year together. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where's a patron of our show. You can suggest topics for us to talk about. Uh, our horror re- film reviews are almost done. We're going to try and get those knocked out in January as we move into the Teach James About Martial Arts films. Yeah. So look forward to that, our patrons. And honestly, with all that out of the way, we have so much to talk about. So it's time to talk about 2022. 2022. All right, let's get into it. There's so much to talk about here. There's so much that we want to cover. Um, I want to start with a big one, uh, and I wanted to put all this under one banner just Mm -hmm. to make our our lives a lot simpler. Uh, 2022 in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on. We had Doctor Strange. We had Thor Love and Thunder. We had Black Panther. We had Moon Knight. We had Ms. Marvel. We had She-Hulk, and we had the Guardians Holiday Special. Jesus. Yeah, that, that's a that's a that's a fuck lot of content. It is a lot of it. it's a lot of Marvel. You know, I was just thinking back, and I was like, "What did we really get besides Wakanda Forever?" <laughs> a lot of people have that question, but but honestly, like all of these things were bangers. Like, there yeah, was no, so they were all very content. good. Yeah, uh, was there any highlight for you out of out of the list there? Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night. You know, I didn't list that. Mm-hmm. Werewolf by Night. That was a highlight. Werewolf Absolutely. by Night. It it made it onto my movies of uh, my favorite movies of the year list because it has no end and it's just a list of all the movies I liked. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Marvel 2022, absolute highlight. So much great stuff came out this year. Big plus for all of us here. Hector, give me something off your list. We're just going to go back and forth on these movies. Whatever you want. Oh, whatever I want. You you get to pick a thing and you talk about the thing. Okay. One of the things that came up, if you didn't know, if you play a lot of Steam games, Steam sent you a Spotify style. Here's your year in Steam. Like all the things that you played. I had a lot of really obvious stuff right up front. Deep Rock Galactic that I played a lot at the beginning of the year while I was unemployed. Yep. Um, uh, Lost Ark, which is an MMO I got into briefly this year. Mm -hmm. Had Had a good time with that. Elden Ring was the obvious standout for the year, but my fourth most played game was a little ditty called Rogue Legacy 2. Okay. A sequel to the original Rogue Legacy that I talked a whole bunch about already on this show. Um, it's very, very good. You should play it. Rogue Legacy 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Good. I'll pick something off of my list. I'm just going to randomly go. TV show, The Bear. Yeah, holy fuck. I mean, what is there to say about the bear? Uh, I mean, uh, it's a show about a chef who goes to work in just a sandwich restaurant in uh, Chicago. Yeah. And it's an emotional fucking journey. You feel like you were just like with in these people's lives as you watched it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The dialogue is witty and snappy and expects you to keep up. And it's just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. Some of the best cinematography I've seen in standard television in a very long time. There's one episode that is basically a series of three separate cuts. I haven't really seen anything like that since uh, that very famous episode of Haunting of Hill House, which Mm. I admire very much. So, yeah. Yeah. Kudos to them. Excellent, excellent fucking show. Yeah, so The Bear. That's one of my my, my highlights. What do you got? Uh, right. If I'm going to do a TV show, I'm going to go ahead you want. and talk about... Uh, I'm going to talk about Severance. Because okay. Severance is a show that I watched this year. Yep. I pretty much binge the entire thing. The premise is that you um, get a job where your um, company legally severs your um, work brain from your other brain. Basically, when you walk into the building... 
your person no longer has memories of the outside. Mm. When you are done with work for the day and leave the building, your other person that is still you has no memories of what you do in that building and does not know about work. They just go home and live their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an incredible premise for a really amazing uh, sci-fi kind of dystopian capitalist type of show. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool edge of your seat type of stuff. Um, The first season ended and I cannot wait for the second. But uh, Ben Stiller, who basically ran the show, unfortunately said, well, the first one took us about a year and a half to make, guys. So everyone strap in. Yeah. That's understandable. All right. So, yeah, so that's Severance. That's mm-hmm. a good one. I'm going to pick a news item for next up for the year. Um, this one, some of these things when you're g- g- compiling a list of the year, you're like, wait, that was this year? Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's like that felt so long ago. Yeah, I've got um, a few of those. Let's talk about Wordle. Yeah, right? That was right? the thing that happened at the beginning of the year, that right? That was totally this year. Everyone it, was it like, just, what's your Wordle for the day? Right. It was like, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. It was super popular. And got so popular, like the New York Times just bought it within weeks yep. mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, they they knew that they couldn't have a word game that was gonna like like unseat the fucking crossword puzzle, right? Right. Yeah. And, like it just blew my mind. To, I was like, "Fuck, that was this year!" Like I can't believe that. But that was a news item that happened this year. Yeah. What do you got for your list, Hector? Oh man, from my list, I am going to throw two in there, be for a little bit of commentary from you because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uh, You only really need to comment on the second one. But there are two movies that I saw this year in theaters. Mm -hmm. I saw Avatar in 3D, which is 13 years old. We don't need to talk too much about that. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I only ever watch it in 3D in theaters. And just a few days ago, we saw Avatar The Way of Water in 3D. How did you feel about that? I was a person who didn't like the original movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I liked the second one. Yeah. It was very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I walked out of there going like, hey, I wonder like what this is going to be like, like Mm -hmm. what the rest of the films will be like. I was more, the first movie felt very generic. It was like, I've heard this plot a thousand times. Right. The characters are boring. And then I got into the second one and I'm like, this is this, the second one is just like, here's the world. Yeah. And I was like, oh yes, this is what I want. This is what I've been, what I wanted out of the first one. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 the word building, basically everything about uh, way of water was a big treat for me. I fucking love this type of stuff. I love human escapism into nature type fantasy. Like that shit absolutely tickles me, especially when it comes to wa- water and like the ocean. Like all I want to do when I retire is like sail around the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So th- this is this is my shit, and I love that it's James Cameron's shit because he's one of the best movie makers in the world. Because who else would you give this much money to make a movie that isn't part of any existing franchise that's existed for thirty? years and mm-hmm. watch him just blast it right into the stratosphere mm-hmm. yeah um good shit yeah um let me see let me pick something else off my list for the year there's so many things that happened this year i'm gonna say the batman the batman that happened Fuck this year. yeah we can both talk about the batman robert pattinson batman robert pattinson Young superior batman. to batfleck imo um, not that they even played, you know, remotely the same type of Bruce Wayne. Right. You know, one was very young and obviously suffering very much from some uh, childhood trauma. Mm, it is definitely trauma dump the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like this is, didn't feel like Batman in control. This actually felt a little bit like uh, Michael Keaton played Batman a little unhinged. And this, yeah. th- this yeah, felt did. like that. 
mm-hmm. but um, way more out there and less of like a secret crazy and more like a dude's got issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, loved it. Best oh. use of a Nirvana song in a movie? Oh, well, yes. Although very close second goes to um, Black Widow's uh, cover for the oh, opening right. credits. Yep, that was good as well. But yes, yeah. Probably best use of Nirvana in a movie in general because mm-hmm. like it became the theme of the movie and it was obvious but also really on point, which is very 90s, which mm-hmm. is very much this Batman. Yeah. Um Huge shout out to Paul Dano. Oh, wow. He was, uh, he was Paul so Paul Dano. Good. Yeah, spoilers for The Batman, which came out like four or five months ago. <laughs> but uh, he's the Riddler. And it's so good. And it's so, so good. Yep. It's so good. It's, it's a wonderful fucking movie. If you yeah. haven't seen it, watch it. It's on HBO Max. Yeah. All right. Something from your list, actually. Oh, something from my list. Let's see. Something we can both talk about because those are the ones I like. Um, nope was this year. Nope was this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jordan Peele, back to horror, third film. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Like he keeps finding ways to show us things that we weren't expecting and we didn't know we needed. Yeah. Like I had no idea I needed Jordan Peele's like flying saucer alien movie. That's actually not that at all. So what was really great about Nope was something that wasn't even in the movie. It was, we went to go see Nope in the theater. We walked out of the theater and my first reaction was somebody obviously likes Evangelion a lot, don't they? <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like, they do. The next day I was checking Twitter and somebody had just posted the intro to Evangelion on Twitter and it literally showed above it like Jordan Peele liked. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I fucking knew it. Yeah, straight up. There was a lot of like, you know, sixth angel energy going on <laughs> right? in that movie. It's like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen Shinji fight this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is the one that tore the face off of Ray, probably. And the most something. fascinating aspects of Nope, or if you're into this kind of stuff, is the behind the scenes of it all. Oh, yeah. Like a lot of the daytime scenes were shot at night with giant lights like radiating onto the house. Um, also, the story that exists, the, the story about the monkey is a true story. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. Like this, what if you know what happens with the monkey and they're going crazy, like that's an actual thing that actually mm-hmm. happened. And he basically just said, yeah, I'm just writing that into the movie. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize that until I read an interview. With, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, shit is fucking terrifying. And I love the idea because the entire thing is like, like there are so many themes running through it. Almost a fucking get out number of themes all yeah. colliding with each other. You have the fact that there are all of these animals that are supposed to be showcases and trained for like theater who betray you. At the, you know, at, at the most inopportune moment and at the, simply out of you not understanding what they are and right. the, like their nature. And, you know, so you might make eye contact with the wrong kind of primate. You know, you might show a horse its own reflection and cause it to buckle. Or mm-hmm. you might stare an alien in the face and then it inhales you and, right. and squeezes you to death to, to, to drink the juices inside you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What a movie. What a fucking movie. I love that one. What a cool, 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 cool movie. Oh, man. Yeah. Things that also happened in 2022. This is a little bit more recent. James Gunn takes over DC. Yeah. Whoa. Who could have seen that coming? I mean, if you'd have told me that at the beginning of 2022, it'd be like, that's the smartest move DC could ever make. There's no way they'll ever do that. Have you seen the Black Adam trailer? (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, that, that looks like... 
Like, like, like th- this isn't a company that hires James Gunn to run their shit. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a lot of people that are out there. They're like, well, you know, the, the most upsetting part about all this is what happened to Henry Cavill. Let me tell you right now, Henry Cavill's fine. He's going to be okay, folks. <laughs> he, he will be okay. He has been given a dump truck full of money and access to his favorite franchise of all time and just said, make Warhammer shit. The man will be fine. You know, will The Witcher be the same without him? No, it won't be. But... I'm looking forward to some Warhammer content from him. Oh, fuck yeah. And then yeah. when it comes to James Gunn running DC, like, they're just, they even said it, they're nuking it and starting over. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's frustrating because it's like the third time it's happened, which is about as often as it happens in the comics. No you shit, know? right? Like, yeah. There's always a crisis somewhere. Everything gets reset. That's what we're entering for the film version of this. Um, but I trust Gunn. I trust his I instincts. I do, very much so. And not for any other, re- for a lot of reasons, but not least of which... Is something that also happened this year. It was all the way back in January. Mm-hmm. But Peacemaker. Oh, God, I forgot Peacemaker Fucking was this year. Fucking Peacemaker. January yeah. 13th, the first episode came out, and oh, what a fucking show. Right? Well, like, like imagine if someone told you, hey, I'm going to direct the sequel to um, uh, Suicide Squad. And they're like, that movie fucking blew. What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? Why would you ever do that? He's like, I, I'm just going to. Just gonna pretend the first one like it's it's there like everyone knows it's there yeah but we're just gonna fuck off and do something else. <laughs> chat and it's to, like okay. Chat says Spider Man is proof that starting over with somebody new is sometimes brilliant. To that I say justice for Andrew Garfield. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But Gunn does this like he does this whole second actual sequel to Suicide Squad, and it's an incredible fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, wow, this weird little B movie somehow just hit it big. Good luck. That's some James Gunn energy. Don't press your luck. He's like, I'm going to make a spinoff TV show. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, that's yeah. literal poison. Like, mm-hmm. you're actually just drinking a cup of poison by, by they saying that. Which character? Is it like Margot Robbie, someone good? Like, it's Peacemaker. <laughs> the white secondary bad guy? Like, it's not even Starro. <laughs> Peacemaker? He was like... You're going to make a whole show of him? Yes, and it's going to be incredible. Whatever, James Gunn. And then he did it. And then the show was the best fucking superhero <laughs> show this year. With one of and the it best has very in- stiff competition. And with one of the best intros of all time. No, oh, one of the best intros of any television thing yeah. ever. There are very few shows that have... that. I can't think of a show with a better intro. Yeah. Like, it really can't. Not off the top great. of my head. I would have to see a list. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so, James Gunn took over DC and the future's looking bright. That's, yeah. what that's what we're saying. And that Peacemaker was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, let's see. Um, what else? We both recently saw, uh, while we're still on DC for a second, tangentially, yeah. Black Adam. Yeah, that was a thing. That was a movie that, that happened this year. Yeah, that's that's a movie that happened, y'all. So the, this is, um, just to keep this tiny part of the conversation going a second longer, pretty exemplary of the old DC Mm-hmm. It really did feel like uh, what Scorsese complains about, like a theme park ride, yeah. not like some uh, on our tours vision, mm-hmm. which um, makes me want to go back to and talk a tiny bit because we didn't really cover it much. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Because like We'd that movie was fucking great. Yeah. It was pure... <clears throat> unabashed Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell everybody who wants to see it. I'm like, if you like Sam Raimi, you're going to love this. If you don't, it's going to be a little rough for you. Yeah. 
Very much so. But speaking of taking, you know, giving someone a property that they didn't, you know, originally use and like being, hey, here you go. Brilliant move. Doctor Strange. If someone had said, who's the best person to direct Doctor Strange? I it probably would have taken me a second to land on Sam Raimi, but it's the most obvious and perfect choice. Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh, I will just throw one out there. I'm going to go back to the news for a second. Yeah. Game unions started happening. Yeah, that's right. We got so many game unions this year. We got a lot of just industry unions this year. We got Starbucks got its first union. Amazon got its first union. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, QA testers got together. Um, They were people that worked at Raven, which is a subsidiary of uh, Activision Blizzard King. And they said, we are not paid enough. We are treated poorly. The thing, the the conditions are bad, Mm y'all. And, you know, the higher ups tried to fight it every step of the way and they won. They fucking they won. They did. Like, I will take that. I know that 2020, you know, 2022 could had some rough spots when it came to the news and there was a lot, which is why we're keeping it upbeat here. But man, that was such a big win. It was. Yeah. yeah. No. And, and getting one, there's just room, there, there, there's room for all of them now, you yep. know, and all you have to do is. Just, just fucking make one. And, yeah. and and I know it's not that simple, but if you work in the games industry, you owe it to yourself to be paid a proper wage and to work proper hours. Yeah. Yeah. You have the power. Uh, let's see. What's my thing? Uh, Speaking of unions, that rolls perfectly into a game about unfettered capitalism, Rollerdrome. Okay. Rollerdrome was a game that I played this year. Probably. I love that you were actually trying to make segues here. Like, yeah. This is supposed to be just random. Yeah. <laughs> yes, go for it. Yes, Absolutely. Respect- so, so, so we got Rollerdrome. Rollerdrome is a little cyberpunk future game in which you are a contestant in a bloody deadly game of show for the world in which uh, you get roller skates and guns and other people get, you know, guns and riot shields and mechs and <laughs> and fucking jumpsuits and poison and sniper rifles and they're all trying to kill you and you get to skate up and down ramps while you kill them in midair with bullet time. Because capitalism. Because capitalism. Because all you're trying to do is get to the final venue and be famous enough to earn your boss money. The move the game never has anything for you. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it to, you know, be famous. Wow. It's um It's a weird metaphor for how we live our lives these days. Yeah. It, it truly one of the best um times I've had with a controller this year. Uh, just some of the most breakneck speed and uh, twitch. Like the controllers just feel so right, so so yeah. right, and that's a hard thing to nail. So yeah, roller drone. Fun with the controller. You know what fun with the controller for me that was this year was Cult of the Lamb. Ooh, yeah, I haven't. That, I, that one's on my shame list this year. Yeah, it's a fantastic indie game. Won a bunch of awards, obviously. It is. It is the modern Hades, except for it has a sim element to it. Mm -hmm. And you give me any kind of game that has a slash sim element to it, and I will fucking come back to it. Like, one of my favorite all-time games is the original Act Razor, Mm -hmm. which is just like, here's an action scene. Now you are a god, and you've got a little plot of land, you got to make this town better. All right, and then back to the action scene. And that's what you could do with Cult of the Lamb. It's like... You know, you're resurrected by this elder god. The elder god's like, hey, let me out and I'll like let you become immortal essentially. And then you raise a cult of animals. Yeah. And you can sacrifice them and you can be polyamorous with them and you can do whatever you want. And it's adorable and fun and dark. Yeah. Really fucking dark. Sounds pretty dark. Um, 
And yeah, there's a reason why it won all the things that it did. Um, it definitely has music that will get stuck in your head and gameplay that is just repetitive enough to not be boring and to really easily put you into a flow state. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So you can just find yourself just going through your runs over and over because everything's randomized, right? The weapons are randomized, stuff like that. Um, and then when you're, when you're kind of tired of that, you just go back to your town and you just build stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. No, hell yeah. Um, speaking of indie games that, uh, God, we had such a great year for indies, mm -hmm. such an incredible year for indies, but, um, a big, big one for me this year was neon white. Oh God. I want to play that. So neon bad. white, the game that teaches you how to speed run without asking you to do any speed running. Yeah. The game is a runner slash shooter with a list of goals that you must achieve to get to the end of your course. Um, and as soon as you figure out how to do it to complete the course, now you're figuring out how to shave time off. So, but first it's, you know, a little optimization here, you know, take this curve a little tighter, jump here a little faster, um, maybe line up your shot just right so that when you hit that jump pad, you can kill the next enemy perfectly and then turn around. Little things here or there. Mm. Then... Then you see people with times several magnitudes lower than yours, and you're like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. What are they doing? And, you know, you look at ghost runs where people are taking a completely different course and going off into the stratosphere and coming back down directly onto the goal, and you're like, you can beat this level in two seconds. Right. The gold time is 24. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. And now you're learning how to speed run. Mm -hmm. So you go from level to level, you get a really great, absolutely rock solid and killer aesthetic from music to art uh, to gameplay to readability. Like, it's just such a wonderful game. Neon White. Yeah, play that. Yeah. Uh, movie we got to see this year for celebrating the holidays. We went and saw Violent Night. <laughs> yeah, Violent Night. Wow, what a movie that was. That was, we saw it at such a perfect time. We did. Like, like there's a thing about Christmas movies where if you're going to watch one that isn't like a classic, it really has to be the holidays. Yeah. This was perfect for that. We were, uh, you know, coming up quickly on uh, Christmas and we were, we usually do TV Tuesdays and we were like, yep. yeah, you know, we don't really have a movie lined up. Let's check out theaters. Yep. Violent Night was there just waiting for us. So, yeah, we went to go see um, the Crimson Dynamo uh, <laughs> to take a sledgehammer to a whole bunch of uh, thieves. Yeah. And it and was somehow, fucking awesome. And yet somehow it was like almost the most Christmas movie. Every Christmas trope is in this fucking movie. Oh, to yeah. the point where I, when it started happening, I'm like, oh, God, there's this fucking cliche is happening. But then they kept, the cliches kept going. And I'm like, oh, that's the point. Yeah. You get, you know, you get group dynamic cliches, almost like whodunit cliches. You get every Santa Claus cliche there is. Um, you the get a little of, bit of Home Alone. The power of magic and love. Yeah, a little bit of power of magic and Christmas. Uh, a little bit of Christmas rules, yeah. you know, that you have to follow. Uh, yeah, it's just fun the whole way around. Yeah. Great time. Give me another one. Uh, another one. Uh, we are going to talk about... Let me see uh, what's on my list here. We recently uh, watched Hellraiser, the new one, together. This was a very, very excellent time because, you know, it's on the holidays, but also, you know, it's such a 
you know, a pivotal series for you. Oh, it was, so, yeah. So, brand new Hellraiser uh, showing up here in the year of our Lord, 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get the uh, a new a, a new pinhead, a new yeah. whole set of. Uh, well, I guess I guess they are the same, but they're like the, a different. There, there group were of there were some Cenobites. there were some Cenobites that were like similar. Like Chatter was kind of similar, but then the other ones were very original. Okay, so there was homages to the previous Cenobites. Um, God, that movie was good. They did, wow. did, did a great job. The great blend of yeah. uh, CG and practical effects. You know, the new rules for the puzzle box were interesting because they changed the dynamic of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good acting, you know, good actors who, you know, I didn't know any of them, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to play a guessing game of who survives. Right. You know, uh, yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to get a little personal for a minute for my next one. Uh, 2022 was the year that I got back into Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah. I had been out of role playing for a decade. Um, I went back. I did a game here in Austin, which was the night in question. Uh, got really drunk and bought tickets to a New Orleans game called Saturnalia. Yeah. And probably had one of the most life-changing experiences I've ever had role playing before. And it was intense, and it made me remember why I love the medium. It made me just fall in love with gaming all over again in a way that I hadn't before. Mm-hmm. I'm currently writing a Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, um, and I haven't done anything like that in like 15, 20 years. Uh, and I'm just pounding through it. And yeah, 2022 was the year that I got back into role play and found my love for it again. And it's, I missed it. I missed it. And it feels good to be back. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see. How do I segue with that? So two very good indie games this year yeah, were yeah. Uh, both uh, Vampire Survivors, which was a very uh, famous one. That one got a ton of uh, great reviews. It got nominated for a few Game of the Year awards. Best indie. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It's the best two ninety nine I've ever spent. I might have to check this out. It's an awesome idling game with just basically like ripped from the headlines fucking Castlevania sprites. Mm -hmm. And it's this odd mix of survival and idle because your character just throws out attacks randomly based on the weapons you pick up. Mm -hmm. And the enemies come at you from all directions. And it's so simple and so soothing to just kind of guide your little guy around. But as you pick up more and more... um, items you your weapons get stronger and stronger and as time goes on taking up to a 30 minute mark more and more enemies come in and in more and more intense waves right so really what you're doing is battling against the clock slowly it was, it was but surely described at one point as like a reverse bullet hell game yes where you, you are, are the, the bullet, bullet hell yeah yeah you're the one trying to get all of them hit by your bullets mm-hmm. uh yeah and it's it, it can be so so much fun and so relaxing and from there, we segment right into V Rising, another mm. game. Oh, I forgot that came out this year. Yeah, wow. that was this year, and that one's a lot of fun to play. I'd be down to pick that one back up as soon as it hits 1.0. It's still in early access. Right. But, um, oh, man, I played some of that this year. This is from Stunlock Studios, the people that brought me Battle Right, and I love you forever for Battle Right. Um, uh, the, this is a game where you awake as a vampire, and again, it's a survivor, it's a resource gatherer where you build walls and you build, you know, tables and things to craft weapons with, and then things to craft more elaborate bases and more elaborate weapons with to go out into the world and fight its many monsters and demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very much a vibe, so many things this year are, mm-hmm. where they just get the aesthetic just right and it's just fun to be there. Um, you know, it's funny. The, the more I think about like it being like really important for your media to be immersive, um, gets when like, you know, the outside world sucks more and more. <laughs> right. Yep. That is a, the, a 
definitely the vibe right there. Yep. I, I, I've got to agree. Uh, I'm going to bring in the news item. Let's talk about that. Um, we, we've got the Bayonetta 3 drama that happened. And it was a giant mess. Oh, man. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the importance of the Bayonetta drama was really the discussion of voice actors, um, like how much recognition they should get. Should they be it opened the discussion of should they get residuals for the, the work that they do? Um, these are not things that have been asked before. Yeah. So now we're looking at, you know, voice actors and going like, hey, maybe you guys do deserve to get residuals like everybody does off fucking movies and TV shows and shit for mm-hmm. the games that you're in. Those are early talks that are happening right now. And I don't want to get into the drama of it, but I want to focus on the positive, which is now we are looking at to voice actors and going like, hey, are you guys being treated okay? Because we don't yeah. think you are. Are you are you sure you're getting paid? We just we got to make sure you're getting paid because right. like you're like you're a favorite like people. You know you 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 voice the characters that we love, and, especially and, with video games and anime becoming such a, a forward medium. Video games obviously have been huge for a long time, but mm-hmm. now anime is getting more and more into the popular zeitgeist. Hell, Chainsaw Man alone has been bringing in so many people. Oh, Chainsaw Man is so you know, fucking good. To, to people that have never watched anime before are watching Chainsaw Man because their friends are recommending it, and it's like, yeah, I want these voice actors to get paid for the things they do, please. Yeah, absolutely. Chainsaw Man is a good one to bring up later on. Um, but I would like to stick in to the news just for a quick one, um, because uh, uh, the, the today, not today, this year, we had to say and uh, press F and hold it down to pay our respects mm-hmm. to Stadia. Yeah, Stadia happened. That um, was the death of Stadia. Rest in pieces, you uh, you absolute <laughs> piece of shit. You absolute piece of shit. Yeah. Joke of a fucking system. You um, you 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 half r- r- limp wristed, half pitch <laughs> down center field. You you pitch that doesn't make it all the way to the batter's mound of a <laughs> of a fucking video game platform. <laughs> You, you, Elon Musk's Twitter of a of a business venture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna stop picking on Google. They can take it, guys. Right. Uh, let's see. Andor came out this year. Holy yeah, it shit! Fucking did. Holy shit! Was that a show? And boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> right? Jesus Christ! Like, yeah, that thing was a trip. It was a flight. Man, was it good. The beauty of Andor as a Star Wars uh, piece of property was the fact that they got three directors, gave them three episodes each, and said, like, here's the story beats that you need to hit. Mm -hmm. Other than that, go. Yeah. And it was like watching three different shows, but watching the same show. But, like, holy fucking shit. It is some of the best, if not the best, Star Wars I have ever seen. Yeah. No, so, and, and this is um, a take uh, that I share with uh, Patrick Willems, but there's this moment where you realize how good this show is going to be, and uh, I kind of felt the same way when I saw it, is you get this character, whose name I'm going to forget because Star Wars names, um, who is kind of a young, budding, you know, proto-fascist who works as a security guard for an outsourced company that the Empire hires to police its yeah. small outskirts. And, and he just sucks. Like, he sucks so bad. And you can tell he sucks instantly. It's like the first scene he's in when his commanding officer is dressing the troops, you know, and telling them about their work for the day. And he stops at him and he says, did you have... Did you have your uniform tailored? Right. <laughs> and he's like, I had a little color correcting and tailoring done, yes, just to get it tipped, you know, just right in shape. 
and you just know he sucks. And the and, and 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 the world just keeps getting worse for him and worse for him until he has to move back in with his mother, right? And slurp blue milk from his cereal, and it's just. Like this is the best Star Wars. It is. It's so <laughs> like, good. It's so, so good. good. We're not we're not allowed to have characters like that in Star Wars. And he's so fucking great to just like have someone just dig through this shit that is their life. The future of Star Wars is bright if Andor is what we're looking at. Goddamn right. Yeah. What else you got in this? <clears throat> oh man. So if we're gonna go to Andor. What do you want to go from there? Uh from Andor, we're going to go to this was this year, wasn't it? What? Did we get fucking Stranger Things this year? Yeah, that was the thing that we that happened. Really? Yeah. God, what it, year it, is it, it? Right? Like, when did that happen? Oh, my God. Right? Uh, yeah, suddenly all, 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 suddenly Kate Bush was a thing. Right? Yeah. Holy shit, out of nowhere. Oh, man. And, and a lot of us were either tired of Stranger Things at that point, or we just didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. Yeah, and I then, remember people not liking season two, and then season yeah. three was kind of like, well, you know. Yeah, but then we got this season, and everybody just, what? Oh, yeah, no, and it was, oh, uh, yeah, couldn't get enough. And it was enough. split into parts. Yeah. We had to wait. Yeah. And then there was the fucking Metallica scene, and everybody oh, fucking talks about it. yeah. How, Hellfire Club merch is flying off the shelves at Hot Topic at this point. Dude, and like the thing, I think my favorite thing that someone pointed out about Stranger Things is that if it had just broken its Netflix rule this one time Mm -hmm. and released like a three episode drop and then week to week, it would have been the zeitgeist for like longer than Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, like like, people would have been like absolutely dropping bombs on that Metallica scene and, you know, Mm -hmm. Kate Bush and everything else because we'd have time to digest it and make memes and celebrate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, what a great time. Yeah. Another thing that came out this year on Netflix, uh, hit or miss depending on who you are, but Wednesday came out. Wednesday. I liked Wednesday. Wednesday was one of the, you know, I've watched Netflix less and less over the years and probably the least I've watched it in a while this year, but I did binge all the way through Wednesday Yeah, and it was delicious, man. It was just exactly the right flavor of nonsense. I was looking for. It made me wish, made me miss Sabrina so badly. Yeah. But I was like, I guess if this is what we're getting and everybody, every actor in that oh, fucking yeah. show, like, oh, oh, fucking, uh, yeah. The, uh, you know, Luis Guzman, Luis oh, Gomez Adams, perfection. uh, Catherine Zeta Jones is doing the best Morticia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you have, um, God, for, please forgive me for calling you. What's her name from game of Thrones, uh, doing the headmistress at the school. Oh, right. Um, she's amazing too. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Gwendolyn Christie. Yeah. Gwendolyn Christie. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, cast was rock solid. All of mm-hmm. the characters were great. Um, even the kids all had like a really good ensemble cast and chemistry with each other. Yeah. That's a good binge. That's a good like, like two when, or three when day Fester watch. When Fester came around finally and we saw who it was, like the oh, reveal, and it was like Fester. It was like, oh god. I don't even want to spoil who Fester yeah, is if you watch just, it. Just, it's just, just that good. It. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What else you got? Wednesday. Let's see. From Wednesday, let's lead back into movies and let's talk about the Barbarian. Oh, Barbarian. Holy yeah. It, you're, shit. it is just Barbarian. Barbarian was a movie that we saw the trailers for and you thought that you knew what the movie was because you saw the trailer a million times and then you went and saw the movie and it was not that. Nope, nope. This is not that. Some deep down 
incredibly modern urban horror, y'all. This mm-hmm. shit is just straight up would not surprise me. I, I hate the term, but this is the kind of movie that somebody would go, oh, well, that's elevated horror. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because and I forget who quoted or who said this on Twitter. It was somebody else. It's like elevated horror is what you call... Somebody pretentious who says, "Oh well, I it was a horror movie that I liked, so it yeah. must be an elevated horror film." <laughs> right. Like, bitch, it's horror. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you don't have to you you don't have to talk down to the movie you're praising. Right, like, like fuck you. Right. Yeah, the, the, the it, movie had a lot of layers. It had a lot of themes. And, and in so, it. like, the, the, so Barbarian starts off with a very simple premise. You know, it, it takes place. By the way, I'm a big fan of Michigan horror. Having my family be from from out uh, there, yeah. so like some of the great horror comes out of there. Stuff like it follows anything that Sam Raimi does is all based in in you know Detroit or in Michigan. Mm, yeah. Um. So Barbarian takes place like in the like suburbs of, of Detroit that are not good. They um, are not good. And you have this uh, young uh, young actress. She she shows up to the house and she's it's an Airbnb. Finds out that somebody's already renting it mm-hmm. and uh, can't remember. His name off the top of my head now, but it's the gentleman who played uh, uh, Pen- yes. Pennywise in it. Uh, um, Skarsgård. Skarsgård, yeah. yeah. And so, like, he opens the door and he's like, oh, well, we both have this booked. And you're just like, oh, he's going to kill the hell oh, out of yeah. you. Oh, yeah. It's like, that that guy's a bad guy. He, yeah. he, he, he did it. He's going to do it. He's right. He done did do it. And doing this is it. like 10 minutes into the movie. You're just like, oh, God, it's just going to get worse. And the movie just leads you on. I don't want to spoil it. But the movie leads you on at every turn yep. and just makes you go, Oh yeah, I know what's gonna happen next. No, the fuck you don't. Yeah, you really don't. <laughs> you absolutely do not. Um, and for anyone who listens to this recommendation and uh, watches the movie and would like to come back and talk to us about it, all I I I, I, I got two words for you: Kool Aid Man. <laughs> um, oh. From there, I will uh, stick with horror movies. Okay. And I think we can uh, spare some words for werewolf, werewolf by Night. Yeah, we should talk about Werewolf by Night. I didn't have it in my list, but you got it in yours. Mm-hmm. Werewolf by Night, the, what, 30, 45 minute Marvel short? Yeah. Black and white. Um, like a short movie or a long show, like whatever you yeah, want to call yeah. it. Um, wow, that was good. Yeah, way, so, they, so, so a good. A way to take these D-list Marvel characters just release this Halloween special and every single frame of that show is a love letter to old horror. Oh yeah. You got like all of the like, like cabinet of Dr. Caligari stuff in there. Some yeah. Nosferatu, just big inky, dark black shadows, you know, and the, the kind that you can only get from a director who knows like the different kind of light and darkness and white and black you're going to get from different color shades when they're actually doing the filming. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, the whole thing was just monumentally beautiful. Uh, the sets were all very practical and it was interesting to watch and man, was it cool. Perfect, perfect Halloween stuff. Let's not forget like it came yeah. out on Halloween mm-hmm. just to drop right when you were in the biggest mood for it. And probably if we're being honest, one of the more original Marvel products. Oh yeah, absolutely. That we've gotten, like, at all. And I love that they picked a product that, like, that a lot of people don't know. Like, I know Werewolf by Night. Right. But I'm also the person that, like, you know, when somebody said, what's this Moon Knight thing? I'm like, let me tell you. Yeah. Because Werewolf by Night and Moon Knight are very interconnected. Like, they are, like, they are in the books very, very interconnected. Yeah. Um, And you got to see in Werewolf by Night, you got to see Man-Thing. And, like, what a fucking great that everything that was. Um, yeah, there was so much of Werewolf by Night that because, like I said, everything was D-list in it, um, it just got to shine a little bit more and a little bit brighter because the expectations are low. You don't 
really care if somebody's going to, it's not like they're going to go off Thor, right? It's, these are D list characters that if they die, nobody cares except for like Elsa Bloodstone, because she's just a badass. Um, and it was really cool to see her get to be a badass in this. Um, yeah. Yeah, Werewolf by Night was very, really good. Very good, yeah. Well, uh, what do you have for ne- for the next one? I, I'm going to keep the horror-ish adjacent train rolling. Yeah. The Menu. Oh, yeah. That was another good one that uh, we all saw in theaters together. We did. Oh, uh, I, 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 If you know me personally, you know that I'm a sucker for people trapped in a thing. Mm-hmm. Horror. And this is more of a dark comedy than it is a straight up horror. So it, if, you're, if you're not into horror, you may actually really like this. Yeah. Um, but a bunch of... Yeah, it, it does a lot of lampooning of like foodie culture and yep. like TV shows and stuff like that. And that is, I, I, I love all of that shit. So it's right up my alley. Yeah. And the whole premise is just a bunch of like really rich and pretentious people get to go to an island and have like the best meal of their lives. Mm. And things go south real quick. Yeah. And not necessarily in a scary way like I thought it was going to be, but it it is. The, the, this was like a year for like saying like eat the rich. Yeah, straight up. Like the commentary in this is pretty much like we all deserve to die. Like how could we right. take part in such luxury? Like I never saw I never no saw a Triangle of Sadness, but from people that, oh, that did neither. see it, we were like it's another eat the rich film. Like this was the year for that. Yeah, yeah, because you know we all we, we all we we get it. We 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 probably should, <laughs> you know. But yeah, the, the menu, man, that was a good high, one. High praises, high recommendation, how Anya Taylor-Joy makes all of these movies. Oh, how does she make so many movies in a year? Yeah. Like, like it's ridiculous. Her and like Ralph Fiennes, who I really hope doesn't suck as a human being. He did, uh, th- th- some some asshole shoved a, car- shoved a microphone in his face and asked him, you know, if he thinks J.K. Rowling's a Nazi. And he's like, I don't think so. Right. And, you know, now, now he is where he is. I hope, uh, you know, he... He's not a bad person, but, you know, it's whatever. She's a bit of a Nazi. Yeah. Um, Anyway, but, yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy, Ralph Fiennes at the top of their game in this movie. Absolutely. Uh, Fucking killing it. Uh, Yeah, really, really good stuff. Do watch the menu. What do you got for me, Hector? Um, uh, Another movie before the last few on my list that are, like, the biggest ones. Okay. Um, We all went to see... The unbearable weight of massive talent this year. Oh, God, that was this year? Yeah. Wow. God, that was a good movie. Oh, man. Nicolas Cage, prime perfect Nicolas Cage, doing all of the Nicolas Cage things that Nicolas Cage does. Being the most Nicolas Cage. Yes. (laughs) It's like... I think the best part of the movie is that he's in on the joke and that he's so fucking good at telling it, even though it's him. Like, like he, he... He's he the is butt both. Of the, he is both the joke and the butt of the joke, but also the joke teller. He, right? He, yeah. I don't it know. Is, it's amazing. Absolutely fantastic. If you like Nicolas Cage whatsoever, you owe it to yourself to see this movie. Uh, Pedro Pascal is. Oh, is Pedro just, Pascal, who also had an incredible year. Uh, yes, an absolutely incredible, and has an upcoming incredible year. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, yeah. It's gonna yeah. be absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's grab a news item real quick. This was one of the more interesting news items of the year, which was Sony's or sorry, Microsoft began the acquisition of Activision Blizzard King. Yeah. In one of the biggest deals in fucking any history, $69 billion, I think is the number Yeah, mm-hmm. was like that they, that was thrown out there. Yeah. 
and he and they're just like, yeah, we're just gonna take all of Activision Blizzard. And this yeah, is coming they, in. Let's, let's let's we we need to keep putting emphasis on the K. It's Activision Blizzard King. King. Yeah. King's the money. Yeah. <laughs> King's the big one. Yeah. Which is so, fucking weird. If and and this is a thing that we will be talking about going into 2023 because mm-hmm. it we there's still FTC rulings going against it. There's people like trying to fight it for monopoly reasons. That's a stupid argument, but they are trying. They are trying to make this deal flat out not happen. And they're honestly, in my humble opinion, there's no argument for why it can't go through. It just, it, because I know personally, we want that purchase to happen so that all the people at Blizzard can finally be taken care of. Yeah, exactly. Which is like 99% of what we what we want from a game company. Take care of your staff, right? right? Like if you could just, and also make good games would be nice. But if you took care better care of your staff than like made games, we'd be cool with that And too. to go back to an earlier point that we talked about, we talked about how the Activision Blizzard QA team uh, got into uh, yeah. their unions and the entire time Activision Blizzard was trying to union bust them. Yep. And when a, when a Microsoft company uh, got their union, mm-hmm. Microsoft's statement was all workers have the right to do what they feel is best for them. And that yeah. includes unionizing. Mm-hmm. Microsoft went to the side of the people and said, if y'all want to unionize, you are allowed to. Yeah. Fucking wild fucking wild and and that's all we want and yeah and i mean no matter yes it could disrupt the market if microsoft makes this deal but it's not a monopoly it's just not right it's just I mean, not the, the, let's talk about this in the same breath that exactly this year sony acquired bungie haven studios and a bunch of other companies yeah this is the same move and now so- sony's crying foul well i think that yeah yeah for sure and, and i don't even think the ftc is investigating because sony is like like throwing like you know stink in the air yeah because they, all of their arguments are horseshit and all of the arguments microsoft fires back or horseshit too. Right. It's just them roasting each other all year. That's a year that we got this yeah, year. Yeah, we just got Sony and Microsoft yeah. just like flinging poo at each other. Yeah, like, Sony, oh. Sony being like, we don't have any shooters and Bungie being like, we're right here, <laughs> right. dude. And then Microsoft being like, well, yeah, but you know, we all, all of our exclusives suck compared to yours and all the, every studio. And fucking Activision Blizzard, like, bro, you're trying to buy us. Like, <laughs> right. is this how you throw your studios underground? <laughs> right. Right under the bus with us, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, just roasting each other all fucking year. It was a wild year for gaming news and seeing what was going on behind the scenes. And these acquisitions will not stop, by the way. Hear me when I say this. These acquisitions are only going to continue, which is why I have Sega stock, because eventually I'm hoping somebody buys Sega out. Yeah, no, this will continue until the law steps in to stop it. Yeah, exactly. What do you got next on your list, Hector? Uh, Next on my list, now that we are back to games, let's talk a little bit about Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So, one of my favorite games of the year, maybe one of my favorite games of all time. I haven't even finished it. Yeah, same. Kentucky Route Zero is like Twin Peaks of the video game. Mm-hmm. It is dialogue heavy. It is not action heavy. It is more of a point and click adventure than anything else. It is original. It is dark. It is got bears in it. It's a hard game to describe because it is like the Twin Peaks of video games. Yeah. It is artful and beautiful and haunting and some things that happen in it are terrifying and there's definitely a big, big fuck you to capitalism in it. Mm -hmm. And God, it's gorgeous. It is just, oh God. Few games uh, benefit from their art style the way that this one does in just such a, 
like obvious way uh there's um just the, the the fucking line work and the simplicity but also the absolute iconography of all of the art mm-hmm. to where some things are just a silhouette but it's a really powerful silhouette and then some things are you know actually rendered out and are in are in beautiful detail it, it's just the uh, when you mix what they're doing the perfect control of the sound and the staging mm-hmm. and the gameplay yeah it feels like, even though you're actively playing the game, it feels almost like a play that you're watching. It really does. Yeah. Like really a, does. a stage play that you're just there to enjoy. And Kentucky Route Zero is just a game that I, uh, I, I want to recommend it to everybody. Um, any, It's very accessible. Um, do yourself a favor and maybe play like a chapter a night and make that your week ritual because there's five chapters. Yeah. Um, don't power through it. No, take it's a good time. one to pace yourself take, with. Take time to think about the choices that you made and the things that you did and the things that you saw along Kentucky route zero, because, Oh man, it's just, I, it was a game that I found myself going to bed thinking about mm-hmm. and what can't not so excited to play the next chapter because I wanted to know what happened next. And I did forcefully pace myself because it is that good. Yeah. Kentucky right route on. Zero. Okay. Well, you know what? I, I fuck it. I'm going to talk about my game of the year. Do it. I'm going to talk about my game of the year. It's a question everybody has. Like, you know, you played a bunch of games this year. What's your, your game of the year? Here's, you know, is it God of War Ragnarok? Haven't played it. Sorry. I can't speak to that. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of great games that did come out this year. Mine is an underdog. Uh, surprise. James likes an underdog of something. <laughs> my game of the year is Arcade Paradise. Yeah. It is a game in which you, as the player, inherit a laundromat that has a few arcade games in the back. Um, you are basically like the black sheep of your family, and your older sister is like the golden child. Mm-hmm. And she gives you advice, and you guys bond over like how horrible your father is. And you, what you do is, over time, you delete more and more of the, the laundromat to put more and more arcade games in. And all of these arcade games are love letters to games that you have already played, probably played growing up. Um, everything from top-down shooters to uh, those kind of uh, car racers where you would go in the arcade and actually sit down and like get in the car and race. Oh, yeah. Um, the music is amazing. The story, which I will not spoil because Hector's currently playing Oh, it, yeah, I yeah. am. Is you get to the final scene of the game and you're like, oh, I'm sad. <laughs> this it, it, it feels like it touches a because it gets very so. The, basically, at the end of the game, no spoilers. I'm going to tell you what happens. There is a message that the that the creator of this game, who basically made this game mostly by himself, put a dedication in it. And you get to the dedication, and you're just like, oh shit. And every bit of this game is done with love and care and craftsmanship. And it's, you just, you just started playing it. Just talk a little yeah. bit about it. Yeah. So for me, the game is coming across in phases and it feels like, you know, what we were all promised uh, in school, me being an elder millennial, it doesn't get much elder millennial than James and I, mm-hmm. um, there was a, promise when we were kids of like hard work at any business you know a good solid day's work would get you what you needed and all you needed was a good work ethic and a little smarts little education and you can go in and you can make what you want of your life you can do you you can accomplish the thing Mm -hmm. and you get this story of this young man who you know inherits this absolute dump of a laundromat really finds that he has joy for the arcade machines in the back, finds out that he can make money from them and turns that into his business. And that's the, the, you know, the journey that you're on. Yeah. And the, 
The most amazing thing about it is while you're playing it, you can actually feel it working mm-hmm. at certain parts here and there. You're like, this is actually successful. I don't have to sit here and do laundry loads all day. I can make these machines work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't even have to do the laundry business. I, you know, I can, I can let the customers do the laundry while I have the, the, the arcade games going. Yeah. And I can improve them and I can help tweak the place out and I can help order more machine. And, you know, you getting to establish a business is such an amazing power fantasy in this country. Well, and, and to, you know, it is kind of, it's a game that hit me personally because when I was very young, I did manage an arcade. Yes. And managing an arcade was one of the most fulfilling jobs I ever had. And we did get to order the games and pick where all the games went and, you know, got to do all of those things. And there was a little part of me that was just like, Hey, remember when you were 18 and you got to do all this? And it was just like the coolest experience in the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it did touch me in a way that I, it, I don't think that it will touch other people, but I, I want to believe the story goes through in such a way that you will, you will get latched onto it. And it's a game that's accessible that anybody can play. And it's just, that's why it's my game of the year. It made me feel things. And then it's a very, Simple story, but so powerful. Man. So I played too many video games this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to shout out a few. And um, if you would like to hear any more about them or they spark your interest or you'd like to talk to me about them, please tweet at James yeah. at the Surly Nerd at, at, at GNGGcast. I'm at so G-N-G-G-Cast. sorry. That, that, that's where we are. That's who we are. <laughs> Matt GNGGCast, and uh, he'll uh, get you in touch with me about this list. Um, uh, Just to whittle it down to my game of the year. Um, Some really good ones from this list are Scorn. Um, Scorn is an incredible art style. You should definitely check that out. I want to talk about Raft. Raft was a really good one. That's a survival game I played with a friend of mine where you're floating on the ocean and on a tiny little 4x4 platform and you bring in more supplies to try and build out your raft and maybe even sail so you can sail to an island. Mm -hmm. The Pathless was a really incredible game for both Steam and uh, PS5. That was just kind of a uh, a movement flow state game instead of it being like systems and like tasks. Mm. It's very much uh, if you keep moving in this way, you will keep zipping across the countryside. And the only real limit is how good you are at these mechanics. So it really like you, you're encouraged to develop skill because it gets you to your to, to your where you're going quicker. Right. And that, that once you get into that flow state, it's really beautiful. Um Wonderful game. Tunic, amazing indie. One of my, maybe one of my indies of the year. Not the, but one of them. Mm-hmm. Man, what a fantastic game. Um, let's see. Uh, Proteus, a boomer shooter. I played a lot of boomer shooters this year, but Proteus was probably the best one. You, one of the big ones you really liked this year was the rhythm shooting game, right? Oh, uh, yes. Metal Hellsinger. Yes. Holy shit. What an incredible indie. That one I played on Game Pass. There might be a few games that I played on Game Pass that just didn't make it onto this list because I don't have them in my library anymore. Game Pass should release to me a games that you played this year list. Right. I need that. Uh, game Pass, get on that. Um, yeah, Metal Hellsinger. A rhythm shooter, first person. Um, can't recommend it enough. It's the best one that's ever been released. Mm. Uh, let's see. So we can, we can go ahead and narrow this down to the, the, the big three. So I want to save our, I'm pretty sure we share the same favorite movie of the year uh-huh. and I want to end on that, I think. Okay. So I think ours might be swapped. Uh-oh. Uh, so, so do I, um, should I do my games first? Oh yeah. Do your games first, please. Okay. So, um, 
Right. So the big three for games, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, yep. of course, of course. Wonderful game. I spent nearly 100 hours on it. Um, God of War Ragnarok, of course, of course. Uh, truly, truly amazing game. Everything that I wanted from it and more. And, um, it, it, you know, it, I think it's like three months from now. It's getting a new game plus mode and I cannot wait to dive back in the second it comes out. Nice. And uh, game of the year. My game of the year just has to go to Elden Ring. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's so much that I can't talk about until you play it. Uh, even though, like, all we did was talk about Elden Ring for months and months. You didn't <laughs> absorb any of that. Nope, I did not. Um, but, yeah, Elden Ring, man. There's few games surprise you that much and yet still retain the ability to surprise you throughout your entire game. A game that is literally as big as you want it to be, mm -hmm. um, as big as you want to make it, and it gives you as much as you put into it. Uh, what a truly incredible experience. Again, we know that there's DLC coming at some point. Yep. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to just pop that right in. Game of the year, Elden Ring. Easy, mm -hmm. easy, easy. So what is your second favorite movie of the year? <laughs> second James? favorite movie of the year. Oh God, I don't know. I didn't actually have that lined up. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, so my, my second favorite movie of the year mm -hmm. is, um, might, might very well be your favorite. Okay. It is everything everywhere all at once. That was my movie of the year. Yes. Because God, what an incredible movie. Yes. That the, was the hands movie, down my movie of the year. Yes. Deserves, deserves it. Deserves it. Absolutely. Deserves it specifically. That might be one of the most touching movies I've ever seen. Yes. Um, it gave me action. It gave me, um, hilarity. Like, like truly, I like, like crying out loud, mm -hmm. lifting my legs away from the bottom of my chair and joy hilarity. Mm -hmm. It gave me, um, yeah, I cried. I laughed, you know, it was exciting. It, it, it touched my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, truly a movie of the year. Mm -hmm. Everything everywhere all at once. If you haven't seen it, you are doing yourself a disservice. Please, please, please watch this movie. Yeah, I it think is. it's streaming on something obscure like Showtime or some bullshit. But it's it, if it's out there, find it, watch it. My God. My movie of the year, though, and you might be able to guess what I'm about to say. <laughs> My movie of the year is RRR. Excellent choice. Yeah. Rise, Roar, Revolt by um, <laughs> fucking S.S. <laughs> Ramamulji. There's enough R's in there for you. Mm -hmm. Is a Tollywood movie about um, these uh, young historical figures who never actually yet met, but what if they meet and what if they were the best friends? Not the best friends they've ever had, but literally the best friends in the entire fucking world yep. that has ever existed. A friendship so strong, so beautiful, and so pure that it defeats imperialism itself. Yep. I can't mm. tell you enough about how much I love this movie. And there was a huge portion of the year where it was my second favorite movie of the year, where everything everywhere all at once was absolutely my favorite because it hits in a certain way. Right. And it, you come away from that movie, you know, feeling like you you just got like scrubbed down, Yep. you know, like, like your soul just got a wash yeah. and someone just like put you out button. to dry yeah. and you're just like, all right, okay, this, I'm slowly becoming human again. I feel like I just lived through an experience. But when I watch RRR and when I watch new people watch that movie, you come away electrified. Mm -hmm. You come away and, and, it, and, and the reason this became my movie of the year was not just because... Um, 
of, you know, it being foreign, which is an amazing feat for a movie of this quality because of all the amazing, incredible fucking soundtrack that I'm still listening to all the time right mm -hmm. now. Uh, the, the amazing acting, the amazing actors, the amazing directing, the set pieces, um, the, 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 the score, not to mention just the soundtrack, that everything about this movie. The dances alone. Oh, wow. The dances, the choreography in the yeah. dances. I could throw that on at any time and I'll probably be forced by my own ass to dance with it. Mm -hmm. Like you can't not. This movie reminded me, and this got very late in the year, just as, as, as early as a few days ago. Got me into the mindset that it, when a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once comes out and it's odd and it's strange and no one saw it coming and it blows your mind, that is beautiful and wonderful and it's why we all love movies. That makes mm. sense. But when you get it from what is ostensibly a historical action drama, mm -hmm. when you get a Mad Max, when you get a movie that is like none of the things that usually change your life and make you think about movies differently. Mm -hmm. When you get that from, from an action movie, from a foreign studio, mm -hmm. something this special, I, it, it has to be my movie. of the year. It just mm -hmm. has to be. RRR is available on Netflix. Unfortunately, it's in Hindi and the aspect ratio is not quite right because it, a lot of streaming services like, um, uh, services zoom in on any like cinema scope uh stuff it's odd please stop doing it like please fucking stop doing that mm -hmm. anyway um it, it's it, it's on netflix and it's very good it's very watchable it's in hindi and the aspect ratio is like off but it's whatever three hours it is three hours um i will i will defend that by saying that in most indian movies uh, most hollywood movies at least are this long and they all have intermissions they have a place that with a built-in pause right just for you Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a long movie. Strap in if you can, if you ever, ever get the opportunity. I'll say this the same way I will about Avatar, even though I've never seen this movie in theaters. Apparently in theaters is the only way to see it. Mm -hmm. um, you'll get it in Telugu and you'll get it in the right aspect ratio mm -hmm. and you'll get the subtitles where you Telugu need it. Telugu is the original. Uh, original language, language it was recorded yeah, in, right. yes. Um, it's like, if you ever get the chance to see this movie in theaters, do that. I, I really want to, you can still see, see it in theaters in New York right now. Wow. And the reason for that is because it's still the biggest movie in the world. Yeah. And not to put too fine a point on it. It was like the biggest movie in the world for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that anyone had ever seen, like, like it, 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 you didn't really hear about it too much in the West, but in India, which spread up to like East Asia, China, mm -hmm. like, like this movie was massive. Yeah. And the big thing about this movie that we don't know as an American audience is that the big thing about this film is that the two main actors are two of the Biggest names, right? The, the 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 thing was, they thought nobody would could ever make a movie with both of them because it would be too expensive, right? And then they fucking did it. And then they just made the biggest movie. Yeah, this would be the equivalent of us in the eighties getting a big, you know, fucking historical drama starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, just like mashing against each other like action figures. Yep. But but beautifully choreographed and with an incredible soundtrack mm -hmm. and with a Greek chorus basically describing the plot to you as you go. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, it is fun. It is. It is a fucking banger and yeah. it slaps super hard. Yeah, that is definitely a great recommendation. And yeah, I actually had not thought about that movie because I was like, oh, that was this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd been talking about it probably at the end of last year, but we we never got to see it till this year. Yeah, probably around February. Yeah. So our, our, our final recommendation for the year. Yeah. 
Final thoughts about 2022, Hector? Well, I mean, we had a really good fucking time, didn't we? We did. Yeah, yeah. We had we had some truly amazing stuff drop into our laps. I, I've forgotten to mention so many great things. James, you mentioned anime earlier, and it made me think of the uh, uh, cyberpunk series Edge Runners on yeah. Netflix. That was really and good. Then, to be fair, we missed a ton of stuff. Yeah. But overall, 2022 was an amazing year for us getting things we actually wanted. Yeah. It was so, really nice. Things felt a little bit more normal this year. Yeah. Um, sometimes we got things we wanted and we realized we didn't want it. And please take it away. Like uh, the Halo series. Right. You know, and, and, or Stadia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Overall, um, if you're not talking about, uh, like overall, the world did better this year. Yeah, the world did better. I finally yeah. got the plague for the first time. This yeah, year, you got plague for the first time. Yeah, that that's was true. fun. Um, but yeah, it was a good year for things. And you know, I, I'm optimistic going into 2023. Oh, same. Yeah. You it's know? going to be a good year. You know? There's lots of good stuff right around the corner. We're right about to get a Dead Space remake. We're yeah. right about to get an Armored Core game. I know. Yeah. I'm so excited. A few months. February and March are going to be fucking packed. So look forward to that. Yeah, I'm super excited. And we will actually talk about 2023 here soon. Um, our next broadcast that we're in recording that we're going to do is I'm going to get a list of things that are coming out in 2023 and we're going to go down a list and we're going to talk about it, see what we're excited about, what we're not. I can't put everything in the list because that would be way too long of an episode, but I'll try to whittle it down to some good stuff. Yep. yep. And, and, and we'll yeah. probably just spend like 45 minutes talking about how, you know, worried we are about Diablo 4. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing of it is that uh, two of my favorite episodes to do per year are always the beginning of the year episode where we just get excited about things and the end of the year recap where we just talked about things that we loved. Yeah. Because we do a news show every week and sometimes the news is hard to talk about, y'all. Yeah, sometimes it's sad. Sometimes it's sad. So, yes. Happy vibes going into 2023. Super excited. You and I are going to follow our, our tradition and Absolutely. we're going to binge Letterkenny. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Year's is, you know, binging a new season of Letterkenny yeah. and uh, drinking too much and yep. just, you know, the, the fun times are had by all. Yeah, it's going to be some excess, but it's going to be a, mm-hmm. it's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. All right. That is everything we have for the show this week. Wow. Thank you so much uh, for chat, by the way. We had oh, so many yeah. people coming yeah, in and interacting chat, with us. That was, that was fantastic. Um, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg to become a patron of our show. You can head over to facebook.com slash dngdcast where you can chat with us and chat with me directly at gnggcast on Twitter. For the last time this year, for Hector, this is James. And for James, this is Hector. Everyone, good night. And have a happy new year.